Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the radio ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for this series, and I am speaking with Amy Russell, and she is a dear sister in Christ who was saved out of the new age that I've known for quite a long time, and I'm so thrilled now to call her sister in Christ. In the last episode, we talked a little bit about her upbringing and what led her into the new age. Yoga was a stepping stone for you away from Christ and into the new age. What happened after you started practicing yoga? Once I started practicing yoga, yeah, it opened me up to accepting the things that were not biblical. It let my guard down, accepting things of Eastern mysticism. and as soon as I was involved in that, I was involved in that community. I started realizing that I've been repressing all of these ideas of the presence that was with me and thinking that it was an evil presence when maybe it wasn't an evil presence. And so I wanted to pursue that idea because now it, it had let my guard down. Practicing yoga and meditation has started to let my guard down. So I thought, well, I want to pursue the field of healing of the healing arts, like energy healing in the new age. So I found a healer and she was based in St. Paul, Minnesota. And I started going to her. I started seeing her for different sessions to see if she could move me through the blocks I was having to move toward energy healing. And then during one of our sessions, she slipped into a trance and she was speaking to me, but it was another entity that I was hearing. So I was looking at her and it was her body, but it was another entity speaking. And she looked at me and this being inside of her began speaking to me from what appeared to be her alter ego. And this being started saying that I was a gifted psychic healer and that I should pursue this calling. And it's what I'm meant to do. It is my calling. She said that the presence that I was feeling around me all of these years was my ascended master and um, I should allow him to come in. He had wisdom to show me. He had only my best interest at heart. He was there to assist me, to guide me. He was essentially my guide. And that if I allow him to come in, all these questions I'd been asking about will be answered and that I can move toward my calling as an energy healer. So she said, I should welcome them in. And then when she regained consciousness, she said it was a Native American chief that was her spirit guide. That was what was revealed to her when she just started out. And so she allowed that Native American chief to enter her. And that has been her guide ever since. And so that was who was speaking to me. And she said that he rarely speaks to her clients without her knowledge. Like she just does not slip into a trance for anyone. And so she said, he only speaks to those who are receptive and open and are asking for healing and guidance. And she said, she asked me, she's like, have you recently been asking for guidance? And I said, yes. When I was practicing yoga, I said, I had decided that in my meditation, I was going to ask this presence that was with me, whatever you are please show me what you're here for. I'm willing to to learn from you. Show me what you would have me to do so that I can understand 
what this process is that I'm going through. And so I essentially dropped all of my guards down and just said, let me be a part of this experience that I'm having with you because you've been with me all my life. I want to know what you are. I want to know how I can understand this whole process. And so she said, yes. So that was the question that you were asking that you were putting out there. And my guide answered it to help you to understand that you can let your guard down. You can let this presence that's with you enter you so that you can do the work that I'm doing. And I was like, I want to do this work. I was so excited because she was answering all the questions that I had always had my whole life that no one else could answer. And so I was very happy about that. I just thought, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm so glad I came to her. This was all meant to be. And she said that I'm slowly moving out of the spirit of fear. And as I'm doing that, I'm moving into a higher vibration. And so the guide is able to come to me when I'm at a higher vibration, but I have to keep that higher vibration and stay out of fear. Otherwise I can't do this work. So it was more of a process of like constantly keeping myself elevated. And by doing yoga and meditation, that's how I keep my energy elevated. And so that I can continue to be in contact with this guide, this ascended master, because these ascended masters vibrate at a higher frequency. And so if I'm not at that frequency, I can't connect with them. And so I have to keep my frequency up and yoga and meditation is the way to do that. Wow. So it's all intertwined. That brings to mind the Bible verse about demons masquerading as angels of light. Yeah. Yes. What you say sounds like such a good thing. Yeah. But it's not. It's darkness. It's darkness and bondage. Because how exhausting to constantly have to keep my energy at a higher frequency. And if I drop down to a lower frequency in the, she would call it the collective consciousness of fear, then all that I've worked for is dissolving. So I have to keep myself heightened. I have to keep myself at this high level. Otherwise, everything that I'm working toward is all going to just, it's all going to just dissolve away. And so it is about works. It's about keeping yourself at a certain level so that your masters can work with you. Because if they can't connect with me at a lower frequency, well, then my, I can't do my work. So you were meeting with a spiritual guru wanting mm-hmm. to learn the healing arts. Does that lead to something else? Yes. And so just to backtrack a little bit, I remember after that initial experience with my healer, I remember going home that night and being frightened. I was very frightened by that experience because I didn't know what it was. I just thought, this is so weird. I've never had that happen where an actual entity spoke to me through someone else. And so I was frightened by that encounter and I had this foreboding sense of of dread from it. So I knew it was not from God. I knew that it was absolutely not from God. And I knew that I should turn away from it. and not look back. I knew the source of it was evil. And that even with the knowledge and instinctive warnings God had given me, I allowed myself to give in to the devil's temptation and seduction. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was a choice that I had to make. And so the next several days, there was just like a whispering in my ear to keep pursuing this. So everything that that spirit had said to me just kept whispering in my ear like, no, you need to pursue this. This is your calling. This entity was saying, like, all I had been asking for was there for me to grab hold of. 
And how could it be wrong if it was something that was an answer to all my requests? I had put that question out there and it had answered it in this way. And so at that point, I chose to willingly walk toward the temptation and walk away from God. So I made that choice. I made that direct choice in that moment of like, no, I'm going to move toward this because I decided that everything to do with a Christian faith had not been something that had given me the answers. Why did I have this presence with me and no one could answer my questions as to what it was in the Christian faith? And so it made me upset at God for, in my Christian walk, for shielding me from this hidden knowledge that I wanted, this hidden knowledge that I felt like I was supposed to have. And I thought, well, why is he not showing me these things? And why does he not want what's best for me? Why does he not want me to pursue this passion that I have? And so I felt like the Christian faith was keeping me from pursuing what I truly wanted. And I just made the decision to walk away because I made the excuse of like, God doesn't want what's best for me. If this is my passion and he doesn't want me to have it, well, then I don't want a God in my life like that. That was my reasoning. And so the deception was cloaked in truth. The darkness was cloaked in light. The evil was cloaked in goodness. Everything that I walked toward, it felt like light and goodness and truth. I was walking toward truth. I was walking toward light. I was walking toward goodness. And I thought, well, why doesn't God want me to have these things? If the Bible is against these things, well, then I don't want anything to do with the Bible. And so I look back now and as immediately as I began to pursue these practices, the scales of blindness began to form. Like God let me, he let me walk toward it and he let me just become blind. So all of the things that I had learned now just became nonsense. All the things of the Bible that I learned now sounded like nonsense. You know, he allowed my heart to be hardened because I was the one walking away. So he allowed that. He's like, okay, you can walk away, but this is what's going to happen. You know? Right. And so the scales of blindness started to form, the hardening of the heart started to form, and biblical truth was no longer sound doctrine. It sounded like a foreign language. I could not interpret the Bible anymore. Anyone in the church just seemed like they were living in medieval times. So Mm -hmm. all of these things started to come to come about, and that's exactly what the Bible talks about as well. You know? Yes. It really goes back to the lie in the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. As God indeed said, and if here, just take the fruit and you will know all these things. And yeah. all of it was put in place for our protection, the, the boundaries that God has given us. He has given yeah. us for our good. And as it says in Deuteronomy, the secret things belong to God and they belong to God for a reason. For a reason, for our protection. Mm-hmm. But spoiler alert, God doesn't let Amy go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I did walk away, but he, yeah. And what's so, what's so amazing is that he let me walk away, but he, but he continued to protect me, you know, continued to, to, to protect me from being completely swallowed up because the guide that I was supposed to allow in never could get in. He was always wow. with me. He was always oppressing me, but he didn't, mm-hmm. he didn't enter me. 
this guy never could get in. Tell us he a little bit about in. that. He couldn't get in. And so I had another teacher when I did eventually move to Los Angeles. Of course, I found many teachers because out here it's everywhere. It's like the Mecca of the new age. Um, mm -hmm. And so one of my teachers, I had many to choose from. And I had one that I, I really felt connected to. And I was in a class with him and we were all dropping into this trance meditation to bring our spirit guides in okay. and I couldn't get my spirit guide to come in. And there was a lot of people in the class and it was all, they were all, it was all working for everybody and they were all just channeling their messages. And I just was sitting there thinking, how come I can't do this? This is supposed to work for me. This is what I'm supposed to do. I was, I was told I'm a, I'm a psychic healer. I should be able to access my guide. The, that's the basic thing to be able to do. And so I was very frustrated. I went through the whole trance meditation. And then the teacher looked at me and he's like, all right, how about I let my guide speak to you so that you can understand what's wrong. He's like, okay. because we have to figure this out. This is what you're in class for to learn this. We have to figure this out. And so I'm like, all right. So he, he dropped into a trance and his guide started speaking to me. And I saw like a glint of anger in his eyes at me, okay. you know, toward me. And I just thought, why is he angry? I'm doing all of these things that I've been asked to do. I'm following the steps and the guidelines that I'm asked to do. Like, why is he angry? I'm following the instructions. Right. And all of a sudden he just looked at me. And he stopped talking and he just glared at me and he goes, you need to drop your Christianity to do this healing arts, to do this work. And I just wow. thought, I did drop my Christianity, you know, and everyone in the room was like, oh, because it was like, like, you're <laughs> <She's> a Christian. <laughs> like, never mind that we're all like dabbling in the demonic, like you're a Christian. It was like, oh, and so yeah. I, and I just, I just thought initially I, I did drop my Christianity. What's he talking about? And I looked around and everyone's looking at me. And then my teacher like came back, you know, cause that was all, he could, that's all the guide wanted to say to me. And then my teacher came back and he goes, what did he say to you? And I go, well, he said, I'm still a Christian. And he goes, I thought you dropped your Christianity. I'm like, well, I thought I did too. He goes, well, you can't do this until you drop that. And so wow. I just thought, and I thought, what does it matter? Like, I'm trying to do healing. I mean, what does it matter what, what beliefs that I carry? And it was interesting because any other religion, any other belief system is acceptable. The only one that's yeah. not is Christianity. Wow. He could see that Jesus w was with me and right. it made me mad. He could well, see that and, he was protecting me. Yes. And it's just, it just really goes to show when Jesus says he'll never let you go. Yeah we might, that was definitely the case for me. I tried really hard to reject Christianity yeah. and run off and chase after a life of, of sin. And I mean, the moment I was saved, I was angrily driving down the road, gonna leave the church, gonna leave my family, gonna just throw off the whole thing. And there was one Bible verse in a song on the radio Mm -hmm. um, it was out of Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah 43, one. I have called you by name. You are mine. You are mine. And it was like the very voice of God in my head, as if God just reached out and grabbed me by the back of the shirt and said, okay, that's enough young lady. Like, yeah. 
And I knew in that moment it was true. I was his. And all that I had grown up hearing and all that I knew from the Bible, it was all true. And more than just all being true, it was for me. God had done that for me. And even though I had been in the church and gone on teen missions and done all these things, I don't know that I was really a Christian before that point, but God had preserved me through years of all kinds of, honestly, just sin and rebellion until he came to the point where he said enough. And so I look at your story there and I just think, okay, God still had his hand on you. And eventually the point was going to come where he was just going to say, no, you're mine. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Wow. Praise God. Yeah, those, those stories just give me goosebumps. Cause yeah, and when I was talking to your your dad about it, he he said that every story regarding this type of deception is all so similar. All of the events are so similar. People have the same experience, and it just shows like we're so easily fooled by Satan's deception. And just like, as you mentioned in the Garden of Eden, it doesn't take much for Satan to grab hold of us of like, well, you can be like God. And we're all like, Ooh, well, I want to be like God. You know, I want to be like God. I want to have that power. And it's the idea of like giving us our own power, our power from within the power lies within. And it's like, you can access your own power. You don't need this outside force working with you. There's a force within you. And so that was intriguing for me and i'm sure it's intriguing for a lot of people and it doesn't it just doesn't take much satan doesn't have to come up with too many ways to draw us away down this broad dark path that so many people follow my teacher mentioned he's like well christians are just narrow minded and now i look back and i'm like well yeah because narrow is the path and few there be that find it you know right. i am narrow minded because narrow is the path. And so I choose to be narrow-minded now. Rather than it being an insult, it's like, no, it's the truth. We're called yep. to be narrow. We're called to follow the narrow path. So Amen. that's what God commands us to do. Do not follow the broad path. It leads only to destruction. You know? Wow. That yeah. is really, yeah, that is really good. So then from healing arts, where did you go? My main thing was to work as an energy healer and we were learning, it was beyond like Reiki energy healing. We were working with like full body healing and we were working in like levels of the field. We were working in working with auras, working with like hands-on treatment as well as keeping your hands above and working with the energy field of the body we were allowing energy to run up and down the body. So all of the work I was doing regarded energy healing. And then I was still practicing yoga six days a week for a couple hours a day. And then I was doing the deep meditation, moving into like trance meditation along with, I started practicing, it's called IQM, integrative quantum medicine, which is a form of working with healing long distance. So like you and I sitting here together, I could provide a healing for you from this capacity 
rather than hands-on. And that was another form of energy healing, like a higher form of energy healing because it's a long okay. distance healing. So all of these facets had to do with working with energy healing, the healing arts of new age. That was what I was pursuing to work as a healer. But apparently you can't be a healer if you're a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> so it, right. just seems, it just seems so ironic to me that it's like, well, why not? If these healings are so amazing and so great, what would it matter if I did believe in God? Right. Like, no, you can't believe in God because you are God. You can't, you can't have it both ways. You are God. So you, yeah. have to, you have to work in your own capacity as God to bring a healing to someone else. And it's just like the ultimate idea of hubris of like, right. I am the one who's healing people. I'm performing miracles on people. And so the, the aspect of having a spirit guide was to facilitate me in these healings. So the guide would be able to show me where a client needed healing and they would speak to me during a healing and tell me if this person had an illness, if this person had disease where it was located, how I could facilitate the healing of it. And so you had to have a guide. Otherwise you can't do these healings. So did you ever get the guide? I never did. It was with me, but it was not in me. Okay. So I could hear some things that it would say, but it was not in me working through me because I could see okay. the other students who did have a guide and they would be, they would be kind of in a trance and the guide mm -hmm. would be working and moving through them. And I couldn't do that. I was only right. able to hear messages, but not to have the facilitation of the guide working through my hands. Wow. God's protection for you, really. Yeah. Looking and I was back, very upset about it but I, at the time. But now looking back, I am so grateful that, yeah. he, that he protected me like that. Looking back in my own life, I was in what's called gifted and talented education in junior high and high school, GATE for short. And this was back in the late 80s. Wow. And they would do guided imagery and astral mm -hmm. projection and meditation and all these different things. And honestly, I always thought I was just maybe too dumb. Yeah. <laughs> these other kids in gifted, they can do this. We would be given problems that we had to solve. And we were supposed to communicate with each other on another plane. And they were moving and doing things and building things. And I could never communicate with them. Yeah. And looking yeah. back, and especially now hearing what you're saying, I think it was just God's hand of protection on me at the time. I just could never do it. It Absolutely. Yeah. It didn't matter how hard I tried. So I wasn't the gifted one, you know? Yeah. Like everyone else in the class was gifted except me. And... And I was so frustrated because I wanted to be the gifted one. I was in this class because I was the gifted. I look back and I'm thinking, God was probably like, you'll thank me later. You know? Right. You'll thank me later. You don't want to be, yeah. this is not the gift that you want. These are not the gifts that you want to be involved in, you know? So. So when that didn't work out, what did you do? I continued to practice the trance meditation that my teacher had given me. It was a chakra meditation. So you go through all the chakras, which are energy centers in the body. So you go through mm -hmm. all the chakras and you start from the root chakra and move up and open up every chakra throughout this meditation. 
and then you move to the crown chakra and that is supposed to open everything up and so that things yeah. can enter you know if you open up the crown chakra then everything can enter so i did this meditation i would be in it for about two hours and it felt like 10 minutes had gone by because wow. i was really deep involved my teacher said go home and just start practicing this meditation and he's like i promise you you'll get results and i was like all right so I just started doing that on my own. I started practicing this meditation every day on my own. That's all I wanted to do. And that was when I could feel that dark presence. It was more attached to me, but it still could not enter me. It was wow. like right outside of me and it was right there. And I remember I would be sitting, I would be sitting on the sofa and I would feel this creepy breath on my neck. I would feel a voice in my ear. I was laying in a meditation at one point and I have a horrible fear of spiders. There's just like horrible phobia of spiders. Mm -hmm. And I, I was laying in the meditation and it, something whispered in my ear and said, there's a spider next to you. And I stayed in the meditation as I was in it. I'm like, all right, well, I got to finish this because this is just, I, I haven't finished yet. I got to finish this. And I just remember thinking, there is a spider next to me. I could feel it. And they kept whispering, there's a spider next to you. And so when I finished the meditation, I looked over and there was a spider right next to my head. Oh, and no. I sat up and I just thought, that was so mean because I'm so terrified of spiders. Like, why would you do that to me? And I started yeah. like, that was not nice at all. Why would I, you know, I'm doing everything you're asking. And it, felt like kind of a punishment of like yeah. sorts of like, why would you do that to me? I'm doing everything you're asking. And now you put something next to me that I'm absolutely terrified of, you know? And I started just getting very frustrated, but I remember the presence was next to me and I could feel it. And it, at some point it started feeling like a black vortex that was kind of opening up next to me. And I would get up, I would have to get up and like walk away. And it started to feel really dark and just like a lot of darkness around me. And I started questioning it because I'm like, if this is supposed to be so heightened energy, how come it's feeling so dark and scary? Right. You know, wow. and I started questioning the process of like, I knew there was something next to me that wasn't good. And it started just to make me question things. But I had worked so many years and I worked so hard that I just, I just continued thinking I'm going to do this because this is what I've, this is what I've already started. This is the path I'm on. I have to make this work. Otherwise all these years are for nothing. You know, yeah. all of the study, all the teachers, all the hours of work have been, are all for nothing if this is not right. So I kept pushing it aside of like, no, no, I'm sure it's fine. It's just me. I'm just not, I'm not connected enough. I'm not at a heightened frequency. I need to just stay on course. So I was determined to make it work. I was determined yeah. to make it work. Well, friends, we've talked about some very heavy issues today, and there's been a lot of spiritual darkness. But I want to remind us all that God did not leave us in darkness. Those who have received the gospel with joy and repented of our sins by grace through faith, and turn to Christ and have been born again. We are safe and secure in the hands of God. 
And Christ has overcome the darkness. He is the light of the world, and he's overcome the powers and principalities and rulers of this world. And as it says in Colossians 1, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters, we not only are safe in the light of Christ, we are not only safe in him, we are completely removed from this domain of darkness, and we dwell in the kingdom of the beloved Son, and we are safe there. There are spiritual forces out there. There is darkness out there, but we are safe in Christ. So what we need to do is cling to the promises of God and flee the darkness of this world and not be lured back by the false promises of yoga and meditation and Eastern mysticism. We have all we need in Christ. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. We'll see you next week.